Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast, a show for accountants using technology to make their jobs more strategic and impactful. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. So David, what's new this week? Preparing for scaling new heights next week. So traveling again, right? It's just, it seems like it's always uh, traveling all the time. Are you doing any traveling this week or next week? Yes. On Sunday, I'm taking a red eye to Indianapolis for the IMA conference. ACE, I believe it's called. And then the next day, I'm going to be in Minneapolis at the Minnesota CPA Society Conference. And I'm giving the same presentation at both, thankfully. Is it your, um, what you learned from the conductor presentation? No, no. This one is technology trends that accountants and controllers need to know. Oh, got it. So automation, artificial intelligence, blockchain, uh, remote work, all that good stuff. Cloud accounting. Got it. Great. So I know that we're both kind of in a hurry today. We have uh, meetings and that, that they're going to shut us off here soon. So um, we should just jump into the news, right? Let's do it. All right. Uh, I have an article from a couple of weeks. Remember a couple of weeks ago when you had to file your taxes and all the IRS computers were down? Yes. Okay. Good news. So the IRS has budgeted $291 million on technology for the tax reform. Hallelujah. And, and it's divvied up a lot of ways. So this is an article on accounting today. Obviously, we'll have the link for it. So they're going to spend some portion of this money on updating 140 of its computer systems. So some of these are due to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Acts, though. So so they are, there's general upgrades happening. I think the other interesting thing with this uh, article, which I did not know that I think was a, a really interesting bullet, that the IRS holds 1,000 outreach events a year to educate taxpayers and tax professionals. So, so part of this money is budgeted to educate all of us, probably listen, all the listeners of this podcast, as well as small business owners themselves. But I had no idea that they do, they do basically a thousand events a year, the IRS does. Yeah, I didn't know you could even talk to them at this point. <laughs> I mean, try to call them on the phone, it's, it's, it's a lost cause, right? I mean, you have to stay on hold for hours and hours and hours. So uh, that's good news. It's great. Let's get so, them out there talking to people, educating people. I guess if anybody's listening and they've they, they have a link to one of these magical events, uh, one of these thousand events. Please uh, send us the link so we can click through and maybe go ourselves, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear what it's like or even yeah. see it myself. Well, hey, so David, I have some cool news from Flowcast this week. We had a bunch going on and I'd love to share that with you. Yeah. So here in LA... We had our cloud accounting roundtable for controllers and CFOs yesterday. So we invited three different accountants uh, from three different companies based in LA, high growth companies. We did this uh, in conjunction with one of our new partners, Tactical Cloud. And we got 40 accountants together in a room to hear what are the the benefits and challenges of moving to cloud. Now, some of our listeners will probably be thinking, oh, you know, this is old news. I moved to the cloud years ago. Well, the reason we have these events is because still only about half of companies, actually fewer than half of companies overall are on a cloud accounting system. They may be using cloud applications. That's about 80%. But integrations, getting everything on the cloud, still very small minority that are doing that. So we had this event. And a ton of takeaways, but the one that I thought was really interesting was that uh, all three of these companies uh, were uh, mid-sized companies growing quickly that had recently moved from QuickBooks to an ERP system because to support their growth. And all of them, all three of them had had either uh, really, really difficult or failed implementations the first time. It did not go well, and they had to re-implement later, and it took months and months and months to do that. 
So they were just weren't moving to cloud. They were actually jumping to a huge expensive ERP system at the same time. It was like a two two jumps. Exactly. Yeah. So going from like QuickBooks Desktop to an ERP system, uh, which you know, as a startup, if you want to raise a Series B round of you know funding, like you got to get to that level, and um, very very difficult, especially when you don't have processes in place. That was another takeaway: is that a lot of these companies were not only trying to migrate systems, they were trying to come up with their process at the same time, which is very, very difficult and was probably part of the reason their implementations were so difficult because they didn't really know what they were implementing. So I think one of the lessons is get your process in place and then move to the cloud. Take two steps. That, that makes sense. I think I've seen that as I've, I've tried to uh, you know, work with a a VA to do some work for me. And, I, and so I had to try to document the process, but really documenting the process allowed me to automate it. Right. And so, yeah, you're right. Like if, if you document all your process, you could swap out tool A for tool B. If your mm-hmm. processes are tight, you're right. That's a very uh, good benefit or takeaway. Yeah. And the reason it's so important to, to know what your process is, is that uh, unlike in say zero or QBO, where there is pretty much one way to do something most of the time in these ERP systems, they're super complex and customizable. And there might be like four or five different ways. And when you're getting implemented, the people doing the implementation will probably just ask you like, how do you want to do it? Here's the options. And they aren't necessarily qualified to give you that advice. Um, so that was actually another one of the takeaways was find an implementation partner that can actually consult with you on your process. They need to be accountants doing the implementation. Otherwise, you're really on your own and you might make some decisions that you regret later and are very, very difficult to un- undo. No, it's funny. I, so, you, so you had this uh, discussion with at the round table of accountants, right? Yes. Uh, I, two nights ago, I had a similar discussion, but I, uh, I went to a dinner of backhoe operators. So it's a bunch of small business owners that own backhoe companies, right? That is very niche. And, and uh, I, a friend of mine invited me to do it. So I went to speak and I was just kind of telling him about our space, right? And, and where, they, where, where small businesses headed when it comes to accounting technology and cloud. And it's really funny of like all the discussions we have with accountants and like how hard it is to convince accountants that like, hey, the cloud's good. Automating your process is good. You should stop doing data entry. I was able to convince a room of backhoe operators in like 20 seconds. It was so easy. I'm just like, remember 1939 when you dug every hole with a shovel and then the backhoe was invented in 1941? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I can't pay any single person in that room to dig a hole with a shovel. Right. Except what for the great one analogy. Right, right. And so except for one. But then when I started talking about like their workflows and their business, right, they got it. They're like, oh, I see why I should not use paper timesheets and I should use a timesheet app because that's just like not using a backhoe. Right. Exactly. Dig a hole. And they really just got it. It was uh, kind of amazing. The, the greatest one quote, though, I think, is uh, somebody would say, I'll dig the hole with the shovel, but I'm going to charge you per hour. Right. And not not value charge you the value I'm bringing you. And it's like it's amazing. Like these guys, the, these backhoe operators understand the whole value conversation and not doing billable hour. It's like I was like, golly, oh. this is amazing. <laughs> They're miles ahead of us. <laughs> so are they billing uh, fixed fees and, and that sort of thing? Yeah. Like if you need a swimming pool, Doug. They're going to charge you some X amount, possibly based on the size of the hole, but it's not going to be how many hours it takes them. Well, maybe accountants should be thinking more like backhoe operators, right? Uh, figure out what the size of the hole is that you need to dig before you start digging. Yeah. I think a lot of the time we don't do that, right? We just say, oh, oh, you need a hole dug? Yeah, we'll start digging. And then there's really no scope. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Maybe there's a whole there's a whole talk we could do on this now. We'll we'll relate the backhaul operators back to the accounting industry. You've got to do that, David. I love it. So this survey or this this I'm sorry, I don't want to say survey. Uh, so you had this roundtable, and the roundtable led to a survey. Is that correct? Or so it's it's just a coincidence that we happen to have our cloud accounting survey get released the uh, same week as this roundtable. It's um, uh, really good timing. Um, so. The story is that Flowcast, back in uh, March, we started doing a survey of accounting and finance professionals specifically around cloud accounting. So we hired a professional research firm called Dimensional Research, and they went out and worked with us on crafting the questions. So they went out to 506 accounting professionals who responded. We, we, we surveyed you know, tens of thousands of people. We got um, you know, 500 people who gave us their time who who responded to the survey and we asked them a ton of questions about accounting and we got some really cool results some of it which confirms what a lot of us in the cloud accounting world already knew but we had really not confirmed empirically with with data and some of it was actually really surprising so if you're up for it david i'll share with you some of the results perfect so uh one of the results is that And then this kind of shocked me is how overwhelmingly positive accountants are about technology. I think there's this view of accountants as being, you know, guys with the green eye shades, just want to do spreadsheets, don't want to be innovative. That is actually not at all what our survey showed. 99.7% of respondents said that technology is having a positive impact on the accounting profession. 99.7%. I mean, that's everybody, right? Okay. Yeah. Maybe one guy. (laughs) Who said no? Um, and 99% expect that technology will change their job in the next 10 years. 89% say technology changes are good for their career. And 81% are saying that technology, data, and system skills are much more important than they were 10 years ago. So overwhelmingly positive uh, are seeing that it's important to get on top of this technology and learn it, which I thought was really cool. Like I, I, it's no longer this small minority, right? And it, I don't think it ever has been. I think that's a misunderstanding. Accountants have actually always been innovative. We were the first pr- business professionals to adopt the personal computer because of the spreadsheet, which was the first killer application. So in a lot of ways, we led the computer revolution. It's just been that cloud has not quite gotten there to accounting as quickly as it did to like sales or marketing in in this particular case. But now that we're catching up, I think you're going to see accountants and finance people leading the way in terms of seeing those gigantic productivity increases and benefits to the strategy of the business due to all this information we're now getting in our cloud systems. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's really good. I think if anybody wants it, I think uh, you have a blog post or link to, they can download it and see this. There's a lot of uh, great stuff in there. The one takeaway for me, and it's funny because it ties to an article I have, is um, the sentence is like, the, the cloud accountants are leading the way of the future. And it's like, they most they are most likely to have changed the way they evaluate and hire talent. Yes. Um, so one of the articles I have this week is actually from a, a legal industry. And essentially the argument is, so this is from biglawbusiness.com. And the title of the article is really straightforward. It's just the billable hour makes no sense in an AI world, right? And the gist of this article, it's a lot of stuff we've talked about in the accounting space uh, as well, but it's really where they're um, having to hire differently. So you're saying this is an article from the legal profession about how the billable hour is no longer working for them? Exactly. As they move forward with automation and AI, so they're, they're on the same journey 
us as the accounting industry is they might be a little bit behind, but um, they actually talk about their, how they're going to have to hire differently. I worked with lawyers in really two major instances. One, when I started my business, I started my own accounting firm, and two, when I sold it. And in particular, when I sold it, I had a very... I liked my attorney, but I had a very negative experience when it came to the billings because it ended up costing about twice as much as she estimated through no, not necessarily any fault of her own, but it was a, it gave me a really bad taste uh, for legal work. And in retrospect, I wish I demanded a fixed fee. And I think there could have been a way to incentivize our attorneys to be more efficient. I think the problem was that we had attorneys on both sides of the transaction and they had no incentive to be efficient with their time because they were getting paid hourly. So they'd get on conference calls and just, you know, in my opinion, waste time talking about stuff that was not critical to the deal. Yeah. I mean, they're being thorough, they're attorneys, right? But but it, we need to align the incentives, right? I wanted to get the deal done for a lot less and it didn't work out that way. So I think there's a huge opportunity for law firms serving small business owners in particular to figure out how to do fixed fees because I would absolutely go with a firm that did fixed fees over one that didn't if all things else were equal. Yeah. And some of that's bar associations. I've, I've kind of some insider knowledge of this more than I probably should, but it's super, super complicated. I know like uh, the app Clio, those guys are trying to revolutionize all that. So the, it's pretty complicated. But this article, the, the thing, this kind of goes to what you're saying. Basically, the quote is, clients are not going to pay for time. Instead, they're going to be willing to pay for a lawyer's judgment, empathy, creativity, adaptability, and emotional intelligence. Right. Like they, that's what they want. And you could really apply that to accounting in the hiring type situation. Right. You want an yep. accountant or bookkeeper that can apply judgment, is creative, can adapt. Right. You don't want just to pay somebody to type stuff in a computer. So, so it's a good yep. article and it has a lot of overlaps to our, our space. Yep. I would, I would absolutely agree with that. And if the lawyers are getting on board with ditching the billable hour, then that's when you know as an accountant, it's really time to get moving on that. Um, well, you know, speaking of the, um, talent issue and, and hiring and, and all that, that stuff. There's one more takeaway from the survey that I wanted to highlight. Oh, yeah. um, we talked about how accountants are overwhelmingly positive about technology. Well, there's another interplay uh, with technology and hiring and retaining talent that you know I hadn't, uh, wasn't really thinking about, which is that we all know there's a talent crunch in the accounting world. Uh, there's not enough CPAs to go around. And and it looks like th as the baby boomers retire, that's just going to get to be more and more of a problem. And what we found in our survey is that the number one thing that firms are doing to attract and retain top talent is implement modern technology. 53% of respondents said that their firms were doing that. And that's more than any other thing they were doing. The second thing 49% was enable remote work and way down, like in the 20 percentile was increasing salaries. So I think that trying to make uh, a better experience for the employees by implementing modern technology and allowing them to work remotely, at least part of the time is a big priority for firms because they'd much rather do that than dramatically increase salaries, which is much more expensive than, you know, doing any of this technology stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's a uh, bang for the buck. Cause I, the cost effectiveness of letting people work remote, the cost effectiveness, the bang for the buck you get from technology, you're basically getting free recruiting. Like it's a ripple effect versus firms spend money on recruiting and advertising. Come work for us. We're such a great firm. Like if you just do these two things, you're going to get a ripple. And that's, a, I think, a good lesson. 
Yeah. And I just read another article. Uh, I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. I think it was in the Wall Street Journal. A survey of just businesses in general or employees in general found that over 50% of them view modern technology as a critical element in making a decision as to whether or not they're going to accept a job offer. Do I get to use the computer of my choice? Do I get to use the software that I want to use that I prefer? I think more and more firms are going to start offering people the choice. Like I, I like using Macs, which is unusual for an accountant. I would have a hard time going to any company where I now have to go use a PC and vice versa, right? It might be the other way around. I think employers are going to have to work with their IT departments to figure out how to, how to, how to deal with employee requests. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I've always felt that. I've always had that relationship with um, our IT department, even Intuit. Like, I grew up working construction. My, my father was in construction. And you brought your own hammer. You brought your hammer to the job. You brought your saw to the job, right? The, the, you don't just use the hammer they make you use. Right. And I feel like the, the, the computer is your tools, like in the way you configure windows and the way you set up, the way you operate on your computer, that's your tool. And so to try and standardize that seems a little crazy to me, like the, the set of tools people use. That's great. I had never thought of it from that standpoint of the construction industry, but that's, you know, in the, in the, in the trades, that's absolutely the case is your employer will allow you to use the tools that you like. And the reason they do that is because it makes you more productive. Yep. So we should do the same thing in the in the uh, what what do we call this the the desk bound professions? The desk bound. <laughs> the, <laughs> the cubicle world. Everybody that's hunched over the hunched over professions. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, David, uh, I think that's all the time we've got today because uh, we both have to get to our Friday meetings and then get out of the office and go enjoy the weekend. So uh, it was great talking to you as usual. I'm looking forward to doing this again soon. Yeah, I guess next week, we I'll still be in Atlanta. Will you be some other part of the country? Uh, well, I'll be back in LA by, by then. So um, okay. looking forward to chatting with you. And for our listeners who are interested in offering input uh, on the show, uh, sending articles our way, chat, just connecting with, with us online, where's the best place for them to reach you, David? Uh, so I'm on Twitter at David Leary. No space, just David Leary. And I am also on Twitter at Blake T. Oliver. And you can hunt me down on LinkedIn. There aren't too many Blake Olivers. So if you just type Blake Oliver, cloud accountant, I will pop right up. And I, I love uh, hearing from everybody. But you have to put the T in. I feel like I can't find you if I don't put the T. Oh, it's much really? easier. Yeah, T for Thomas. That's, that's my middle name. Now the secret's out. All right. We'll know, we'll know who listened to the end of the episode because they're going to you know, build a post about Thomas. Right. All those, all those thousands and thousands of listeners will now know. It's perfect. <laughs> okay. On that note, I will, we'll talk next week. Bye everybody. Take care, David. Bye. Bye.